searching for Canada's best startups. The Pitch Please Podcast. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Give us your best pitch. Pitch please. Three, two, one. Connecting with Canada's startups to learn about their business and the amazing people behind them. Follow along and hear some of the most interesting ideas in startups from across Canada. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mike from the Pitch Please podcast. Today, I'm joined on the show with Will from Formify. Uh, Will, why don't you kick us off with a quick introduction about yourself and a little bit about your background, your own career journey, uh, and what you're up to at, at Formify? Yeah, for sure. So I originally studied aerospace engineering at TMU. Um, and kind of through that, I got to meet a bunch of people at an internship. This was right when COVID was coming around. Uh, and as COVID kind of hit, we all, all the interns across Magna were actually laid off at the same time. Um, and through that, we kind of said, hey, we're, we're bored. What should we do? Um, and we looked for a problem to solve and gaming mice and uh, the one size fits all solution that's currently there. That was the problem that we found. Uh, to try to solve that's super cool so how is the entire team or core people that you're sort of working with at magna that got laid off all part of the founding team of, of formify no so there's there's five core members so the three engineers yes we are at uh, um the magna engineers if you will because we're all part of that new technologies and innovation uh division but there's also alex chapman who's kind of more the businessy lead um, and as well as my brother, Kenny McLaughlin, who is a full-time, uh, he, he's a director of photographer, uh, his feature just came out, check it out, uh, cult hero. Um, but he does a lot of the videography stuff, a lot of the media, uh, production for us. That's super cool. So you went to school for aerospace engineering. Can you like explain a little bit about what that entails? Because I'm going to guess that it's, a uh, has relatability to what we're going to talk about around Formify, but probably could take you down a million other career paths. Like, are you building the next SpaceX spaceship or get, <laughs> what, what is aerospace engineering and, and where did you do that? Yeah, for sure. So I did it at TMU, uh, Toronto Metropolitan University. Um, it's a, I did go into the space stream. So technically, I, I studied rockets and stuff. Uh, in the earlier years, there's a lot of avionics, like lift drag, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, it definitely... I felt my interests were a lot in mechanical design and even a lot of those really cool things you can do like top, uh, topology optimization, uh, generative design, and finally parametric design, which is kind of where a lot of this comes out of is stemming into some parametric design fields. Can you, can you explain to me parametric design? Yeah. Okay. Bas sorry. I'm, call me out if I'm using jargon. No, but it's totally cool. <laughs> basically, uh, it's like when design has variables so like if you're let's if you take like a shirt for example shirts are kind of parametric design because they're small medium large but often it's taking it steps further so like a fully tailored suit if you will so where everything's variabled uh, and you can really have individualized design got it i'm starting to see the trend of how these things connect so you did that were you an entrepreneur in a previous life do you you know, have entrepreneur mentors? Like what sort of, or was it just the curiosity of solving a problem? Like what was sort of the tipping point that inspired you to become an entrepreneur here? Yeah, for sure. So I definitely, I'd say my entrepreneurship journey, if you will, started, have you heard of College Pro or any of the the painting, student painting things? Or Yep, I have some friends that did that as well. Yeah, so I did Scholars at Your Service. Uh, definitely not entirely what I expected when I went into it, but I ran the Owen Sound Division. 
Um, and it was, it was good. I did around 85 K in sales made every mistake there is to make under the sun probably, <laughs> but learned a lot from it. Probably had way too much responsibility for a 19 year old, but uh, it was a great experience in the end. And it was one of the, the best learning experiences of my life. So I'd say that's where I caught the entrepreneurial bug. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, as far as the point of actually starting Formify, uh, I'd say we, we were a bunch of engineers really looking for a problem to solve. And that's after that magna uh, separation. And that's uh, it was a way to stay together and a way to keep working. That That's, um, super, that's, that's super cool. Now, yeah. the, t- talk to me about the... The, the scholars business is that also painting or was it something else how did that work yeah yeah it's painting it's the it's literally almost the exact same as college pro like if you know college pro you know it but it's paid mostly exterior painting for people's houses it's door-to-door sales by students uh in the summer to sell exterior paint jobs um and you also produce them so definitely a, a good summer probably did knocked on thousands of doors did hundreds of not even not hundreds of quotes but about 100 quotes i bet um, and, and did some painting that summer, which was a great experience. That's cool. I think it, it, at its core, it teaches you a bunch of skills that are going to be super valuable in a variety of things. Like the, I don't think people, maybe they do, but I don't know that everyone appreciates the challenge of knocking on someone's door that you've never met before and trying to get them interested in something you're doing. And like, it's sort of like public speaking on repeat with like, extreme grit for door i'm sure you've had doors slammed in your face oh, i'm sure you've been yeah. told off like what what's sort of the the <laughs> maybe let's even talk about that before we dive into much else like what's like the craziest story from from your time doing that oh i can't think of much specific but definitely not everyone's the nicest when you're knocking on their door randomly which is fair it's totally fair like i i have been in moods where it's like why are you knocking on my door man um, but definitely some not nice people, uh, but also some really nice people as well. Um, but a lot of grit to be had, I think that was, that was built there. Um, so yeah, it was door knocking. I think everyone should try it <laughs> at some yeah. point. I feel like it's a, it's a good character building experience. They should just like build it into school curriculums or business programs probably. Yeah. Maybe they tried with the chocolates. Maybe that's what they were doing. The... Oh yeah. The chocolates. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as a as an engineer that loves solving problems, um, is there a company you look up to uh, when you think of like inspiration and just generally in entrepreneurship or overall? Like, is there a company you look up to, and if so, which one and why? Ooh, that's a tough question. I haven't thought. I'd say there's like those how I built this podcast. I really like. Yeah. Um, to pick out some favorites, I liked the Ring guy. I don't even remember his name, which is poor, poor show. But he, I really like that podcast, uh, the Airbnb one, um, where they talked about just, I think they even sold a cereal box to clear the credit card debt at one point. Yeah. Um, hearing those crazy stories, definitely are inspiring. You were, so you were definitely like me as a kid and watching the How It's Made show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, How It's Just made. like those things on YouTube, I could like watch them <laughs> for hours, like How It's Made and just like all this... For you, there's probably general useful knowledge. For me, for what I do, completely useless knowledge, but uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, no, 100%. So let's let's maybe talk a little bit about Formify. But before we jump into it, um, there's a, obviously a very critical piece of the show and the title of this show. And we're going to start with your elevator pitch, and then we'll kind of recap and go through a bunch of parts of your business. But to kick us off, Will, your pitch, please. 
Sure. Okay. So we think it's ridiculous that in something as competitive as gaming that everyone's using the same shaped mouse. That's why we came up with Formify. We leverage AI uh, and additive manufacturing to build a perfectly shaped mouse that's geared for performance, allowing you to game better. Love it. Now, you told us a little bit about how that got started uh, back when a bunch of you, five of you, were together at Magna. Um, But maybe let's talk about the journey. Like, you didn't just say, let's build a custom mouse. (laughs) So there's probably some whiteboarding (laughs) sessions. So like, what what got you from the day the five of you got laid off as interns at Magna to where and how this problem popped into your minds to maybe even getting to where you are right now. Just talk a little bit about that journey for us. Yeah, for sure. So I'd say as the pandemic kind of rolled in, definitely doing a lot of video games, as maybe a lot of people did. Um, And through that, I was really interested in purchasing computer hardware. I was looking around. Uh, I bought a really nice mechanical keyboard, bought like some of those things that uh, yeah, you can get one of the things I was looking at was an Azeron uh, keypad, um, which was this, it was actually 3D printed, but not parametric. So it was this really cool claw looking um, uh, keyboard, basically, that re- replaces what you normally use. And it has all these buttons and you can hit everything really cleanly. It's a really, really cool thing. Um, and it's 3D printed. But I was like, if it's 3D printed, why are we not custom sizing these to people? Because Johnny, one of the other, like I have, I have very small hands. Whereas you compare to Johnny, he has, if you see a picture, like an overlay of our hand, it's like almost double the size. So why, why are we using the same shaped mouse and something we're competing in? Um, So I guess kind of that proof of concept, you can do 3D printing scalably, and it just becomes a software problem at that point to really make something individual. And that was the problem we set up to solve and to build that software, that automation of design. That's super cool. Talk to us a little bit about this space. So um, for people that game or people that don't game, like what is the market for mice? Uh, and it, like I imagine it gets way more complex than just walking into your neighborhood Staples or Best Buy. There's probably wide varieties for the everyday consumer. And that expands probably even further in the gaming world. Can you talk a little bit about like what options do exist? Like even you're talking about the keyboard mouse. Um, how, how, do people, how do people pick? the optimal mouse for them today like how does that even work yeah so the gaming mouse industry it's it's kind of like sneakerhead a little bit like it's one it's really big it's bigger than people think like it's i think 3.6 billion um globally and 1.2 in north america um and i'd say the driving factors really people look for right now the market's going really lightweight uh, and there's been a lot of papers that come out that've come out that confirm like a lightweight mouse especially when combined with the lower sensitivity of uh, sensitivity being like, uh, if you move your mouse more, then the screen moves less. So the lower sensitivity, your screen moves less. So you need a bigger mouse pad, etc. So if you combine that with a really lightweight mouse, you can start performing pretty highly. Uh, and it's been confirmed with the studies, etc. So that's really one of the main things. Which I can get into that a little bit later, maybe about how we're how we're doing some cool lightweighting stuff. Um, and the other thing is shape. So there's a lot of different. Uh, like right now, if you're trying to find your perfect shape, you have to go around and kind of shop and like try out all these different things. And in the end, it might not even be the right size because sure, you can find a shape you like, but really they're just taking the average hand size and designing for that. 
Um, and you're probably buying a little bit on like you think that's something that will be comfortable for your hand. You think it looks cool. Um, yeah, corded versus cordless. Like what's better for gaming? Do you want cordless or you want corded yeah, you want like cordless zero now. latency? Yeah. Like how does this work? Yeah, you, you, people do latency studies. It's like I think even yeah, you can get 15 ms latency overall like everything all together like start to finish uh with wireless and yeah some some wired mice are even 16 ms 20 ms um so it's yeah wireless can even beat some wired mice at this point um which is because you're tripping over the damn cord yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly so so you talked about gamers is it mostly gamers that you're targeting Uh, is that the core audience that would use something like this do you see the possibilities of um Am I parametric design? Am I using that right? Yeah, uh, the yeah, metrics of parametric design. parametric design applied to mice as like a, a more broad audience. Like who who or how do you think about your audience or who uses um, you know a Formify mouse? Yeah, so we actually started out doing both. We did we had an office version that was uh, we actually designed with um, a lot of iterations with Stella Wang, who's a um, a hand specializing physiotherapist, uh, and we sent her some three D printed shapes, etc. And we iterated with her a bit. Uh, so we had our office ergonomic design, and then we had our gaming design, which we've iterated with a lot of uh, creators and professionals in the scene to try to get um, our best mouse there. And we did find that people that were most excited about it and were like calling us back, be like, when's this happening more, was the gamers. They they care. Um, and down the road, we we totally do want to do a more ergonomic version um, and, and have it as like an MX Master kind of like office uh, mouse. Um, but yeah, right now, gaming first um and ergonomics down the road for um uh, for office workers that being said our most is more ergonomic for gamers uh, than the current current market per se got it so i'm going to want to learn more about how your your mouse is built but theoretically the way that this works um you're targeting gamers but right from jump any like it could apply to anybody there's no reason that if you wanted just a more ergonomic mouse you couldn't use this or if you maybe had um accessibility issues with a current mouse that you couldn't use a formify mouse um but your target market to start because of the energy around it is is going to be gamers yeah exactly and it is the gaming design is not the perfect ergonomic design so it it will likely be better than what you have guaranteed but we still build some tension into the fingers because that's desirable uh, we build, it's not like a fully form fit supported. So you, your hand's designed to be not perfectly relaxed on it. There's some tension there. Um, so it's definitely built for gamers, our first first iteration here. Uh, but yeah, down the road, we're definitely, uh, we'll, we'll be built for ergonomics and office as well. Okay, I'm learning a ton now. So maybe this would be a great time to actually start to talk about um, yeah, yeah. the process of how you get to a custom mouse and actually some of the design elements that you were talking about there. Like I didn't even realize that you want a certain style versus pure ergonomics in a gaming mouse. So to talk to us about how the process works to get to the custom mouse um, and some key features that you are building in. For sure. Yeah. So I, I could take it. So all we need from you to, to get this custom mouse going is just a, a picture of your hand with a a uh, white piece of paper behind it that we use for scaling. And past that, we our tech stack basically does the rest of the work. Um, as far as how we actually do the design, so we um, we basically automate the whole design uh, of your hand in software, and then we bend your hand uh, and point match the mouse underneath it. Um, and through that, we've iterated this kind of all these different parameters that go into it 
to optimize the shape that that will fall into your hand eventually. Um, and one of the other cool things, I guess, the features that we're doing is because we're using this new additive manufacturing 3D printing technology called uh, multi-jet fusion, um, we can do a lot of really cool lightweighting geometries. So there's like these really intricate, like weight optimized geometries that they even use in aerospace and they use in other industries that we can do that injection molding just can't do basically and MJF can. So through that, we can actually get a, a lighter weight mouse. Um, than uh, the competitors. That's super cool. So it all starts with the picture of your hand. Uh, yeah. Just taken with like a cell phone? Uh, yeah, that's it. Top down cell phone. Uh, eventually, we're going to have an app right now. It's going to be Google Form, basically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, top down picture of your hand. Uh, fingers naturally spread, hand down. Uh, it has to be an 11, or, sorry, eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. Um, it has to see the whole sheet of paper. That's what you mean by yeah, it. Your hand has to be on the paper. Uh, and we use that to the four corners basically to flatten it as well as scale it as well. So we can get the actual right hand size and everything. That's super cool. And then so there's like a tech step in between here. So you plug it into some custom software that you've built to actually get to this hand-based model that you would apply? Yeah, exactly. So to go through, to not I try not to get too technical, but yeah. basically <laughs> our, our tech stack in a nutshell is custom data input that's built with Python, uh, PyQt and a lot of Python stuff. Uh, as well as a watershed algorithm, et cetera. And then we, for a lot of the actual bending and mesh manipulation, we're using the Blender Python API. Um, so that is kind of how that happens. And then there's an output with a whole, uh, we do the Booleans and uh, a separate script, et cetera. And eventually um, we uh, basically have an STL that we can shoot off to either third-party manufacturer, do some stuff ourselves. And, um, and that's the process. That's cool. And so that gets you like the shape um and then everything else would it be the same for every mouse like the 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 actual clicks the actual sensor all those are basically pieces that you then snap into or plug into the custom outer shell is that sort of how it works like if there's a underbody like a car like an underbody platform and like a top is that kind of exactly yeah so we have two circuit boards that are the same in every mouse okay Uh, and we position the front one is totally positioned parametrically um, under the because it's the switches are directly under the, the clicker pads basically yeah um, but then yeah the other circuits two circuit boards that are all the same in every mouse and uh, we we click them in that's super cool um, are there competitors in this space of like custom mice yes that, okay okay what does that look <laughs> yes, like and there like are. Where, where do you feel like you're most unique and what what sort of exists you don't even have to drop their names but like what's the spectrum of of this custom world of mice that I'm learning so much about for the first time. Uh, yeah, so there's there's two there's a few competitors. Uh, I don't I don't mind naming them at all. Um, I think we're first. I think we definitely started first, and I think we're still in first technology wise in development as well. Um, but there's is there's an Italian company that I think is a little bit behind. But the big one is BMW sponsored a Fanatic um, design of basically bespoke mice, but they did it just for a single team, and I think they're still developing the software. And we kind of, obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but we kind of looked at their designs and they looked, they kind of had the, the all the holes on the top. So they, they yeah, was, and they looked a little less innovative, I guess, than some of the designs. But that it's also not at scale, you, based on what you're saying. Like, it's not anyone has as access far as to I this. No, yeah, last I checked, they're, they're pretty much uh, have built for a specific gaming team and they're not quite ready to scale as of yet. Got it. Um, and so you're... Your key differentiator is that it's 
going to be built for scale um, with more broad access and extreme customization. Is there anything else that's sort of like a key differentiator of, of where you guys are going with this? Yeah, so a lot of it's in the engineering and a lot of the shape uh, shape development takes a lot of time, I'd say. So we've we've been through legitimately hundreds of models, like physical models that we've went through and done A-B testing and micro focus groups, et cetera. Um, so I'd say it's a very uh, quantitative measurement, but I and I haven't felt their most, so who knows, but I, I think our shape will definitely hopefully be a trump card that we have there. As well as all the, of course, the, all the other engineering as well, like the lightweighting designing we've been doing, etc. But that's super cool. So, yeah. what what stage are you guys at? So, like, you've done some user testing. Uh, can I go buy one of these at the store? Like, where where are you at in that journey? And um, I guess currently, and maybe even just expand on that and talk about like the next six month roadmap a little bit if you're open to it. Yeah, for sure. So we have. Uh, our Kickstarter, and we have our third launch date. <laughs> so we've pushed it a number of times now. Uh, but really, uh, we're pretty confident on this one. Um, February, mid to late February, you'll, you'll hopefully see us live Kickstarter launching. Um, and we'll go from there. We have done a micro launch before. So we've, I think we sold around 15 demos uh, to get like a lot of feedback and iterate. That was about a year and a bit ago. Um, but yeah, Kickstarter is going to be our big launch, uh, mid to late February. So that's our immediate, um, immediately on the horizon. Got it. So roughly by the time this podcast rolls out, you should be able to go join the Kickstarter and get yourself a Formify mouse if you're interested. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, no, maybe no, yeah, no pressure. around February. That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fire, fire in the butt. Yeah. We need that. Okay. Well, we'll try to time this to roll out fe- or like late Feb, maybe early March. That way we kind of catch the timing with when your Kickstarter is going out. That'd be super cool. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll see who we can bump uh, based on timing. But I think even that's part of this is if there's a way to time it around some of the cool things Canadian startups are doing, we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to make that work. Um, do you have a targeted goal for the Kickstarter of like number of mice you're trying to sell? Or like, do you have a, an ability to scale up, scale down? Like what's the scale of like V1, I guess? Yeah, well, I think our technically, because it's part of the problem is the strategy with Kickstarter is you're really supposed to set it a little lower. Um, and then due to that, you, you'll hit the front page faster because you hit your goal faster. For us, scalability is not as much of an issue as well because everything's built to order. Um, so because of that, the financial advantage of scalability isn't, doesn't impact us quite as much. Um, but internally, our goal is to sell hopefully around 500 to 1,000 units. Um, so we'll see if we can hit that. And then, yeah, as far as the financial goal, we haven't, haven't set that too much per se. And that's, that can be Canada-wide, North American-wide, worldwide. Is there like a scope to where you can sell those 500 to 1,000 on how you're setting up the Kickstarter? Definitely, at least North American wide. We're still in debates about the European market. We had a couple articles written on us in France and Germany, so we really want to be able to do that. We just have to make sure it makes sense logistically and it's it's possible and feasible. Um, but yeah, we really hope to be world, uh, but at least North America. What's what's the constraint? Is there like a constraint on putting out tech, or is it purely like a shipping and distribution constraint? I don't actually know. Um, <laughs> that's mostly my co-founder Alex's kind of jurisdiction, but I know he had some qualms about it and he was going to double check some things to make sure we can. Got but, it. Yeah, I think it's kind of yeah, shipping constraints slash duties, et cetera. Got it. Makes sense. So it's pretty obvious where you make money, like you sell a mouse. Uh, I don't think there's any incremental add-ons. So it's like a, a, a singular purchase. 
do you have a range or already a set price on what you're thinking for the Kickstarter of like how much it would cost to to join and get myself a, a custom mouse? Yeah, yeah. So early early tiers will likely be around 140, 145 USD. Um, later, full price, looking at a little more than that. Pricing, we're hoping to keep it around 200 Canadian because that's our main competitor is the Logitech GPRX Superlight. So we're looking to be, uh, they're 200 Canadian as well. So we're, we'll likely be in that range. Um, okay. And, and that's, I guess, like a pretty standard range for mice. Like as soon as you're getting into like pretty quality mice, they're in the 120 to $200 range. Is that sort of accurate? Yeah, exactly. So most, the Logic GPRX Superlight is, it's the go-to for a lot of people right now. And yeah, it's 200 Canadian, I think 150-ish USD. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Sounds like it's been an interesting journey coming from like being interns together at Magna, background in aerospace engineering. What's been sort of you or the team's most memorable story so far as as you've kind of gone on this journey? How long has that journey been? Like, we talked about this, like it could have been, you know, five years or three months. Like how long has this journey been and what, what's been your most memorable moment? Uh, I think we got to be closing in on three years, I, I think. Is that, I think it's three. Yeah, I think we're closing in on three years here. Um, oh, geez, a lot of memorable moments. Uh, I, I do always love the, the team outings. Like we'll always, we'll get together. Uh, and we're, we're lucky enough through the IBZ program that we have some students working with us who bring like great energy. Um, so I, I'd say the, those team outings and getting everyone together in person is like really puts oil on the gears to like get things moving. Um, to come up with a specific one, ooh, not too sure. I, I, I don't want to put any too much ties on it, but yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely some good ones. <laughs> some some good beers were drank. That's good. So um, I think it's just about the journey, actually, that you've been enjoying the most is like the journey with friends and the ability to get together and go solve a problem. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's cool. Is that where is that where you can find the team most of the time? Do you have working space out of IBZ or touchdown space? How does that work? So you're in Toronto yeah. most of the time, right? Yes, exactly. So there is an IBZ office space that we can use. We typically do that uh, often for like our meetings and some meetups as well as some some videography shoots. A lot of the we we do a lot of hand soldering for electronics is for a lot of like our electronic testing, et cetera. And that happens out of people's living rooms <laughs> and bedrooms. Um, so that's uh, uh, where most of the, the design happens, I'd say. But um, yeah, also we have it's a beautiful IBZ space. We're very lucky to have access to that where we've we've also done some design and testing and um, so as well as some good meetups. That's cool. what What do you suspect is going to be like the biggest challenge? you you will face is it going to be in um scaling the production of this is it going to be actually finding and getting like the awareness of a product like this out versus like market offered in-store solutions like what what's probably the biggest hurdle or challenge you guys foresee yeah so we've been so product focused for the past three years that i feel like hopefully we've got a lot of the the kinks out of the the product and, and the work line, who knows? Like you never know what's in the future, like especially with the chip shortage and electronics. Um, anything can happen. Uh, but really, I'd say a main thing is just, yeah, making sure we have that reach uh, and being, being able to do those sales uh, because that's really what we're focusing on on now per se, um, getting our name out there. That being said, we, we do have... Um, a lot of uh, we've got a lot of uh, blog interest recently, which has been awesome, as well as some some pro gamers that are 
getting involved as well. And I don't want to name names, but hopefully promoting on their YouTube channel, et cetera, and stuff soon. So that, that's hopefully pretty, that all fingers crossed that all works out. That's, that's pretty sweet. Um, in, in the regard of, uh, marketing something like this, is that going to be kind of your, your best path is like influencer in the gaming space or, and who do you guys have a whole marketing team and all that sort of thing? Yeah, yes and no. So we don't actually know what's going to be the best. And that's part of the <laughs> part of the problem. But we're trying everything. We have a big blog list we're eventually going to reach out to on the 10 days before the Kickstarter to see if uh, people are interested in promoting it. Uh, we've been working with influencers and kind of doing an affiliate, giving like nice, generous and even building some sub brands. We're hoping with the Kickstarter launch, we can uh, have your streamers logo on the mouse, essentially. Um, if you purchase it, so working with some streamers like that, as well as, of course, your e-com, Facebook advertising, um, doing some of that as well, which has been going quite well, actually, in the past week, um, just learning more about that. But yeah, yeah, trying it all, seeing what works best. That's that's super cool. It sounds like it's a really interesting space. And I think for me, as you're talking through the capability of what's here, obviously, we talked about it at the beginning, but the the gamer space is your most core immediate focus um yeah but like talk to talk to me a bit as a kind of hypothetical i guess but how could the exact same work you're doing translate to more um more comfortable more ergonomic maybe even more accessible mice could that translate pretty quickly to those those categories for people yeah for sure we we have a great ergonomic design that we're, we're ready to launch um and we're quite proud of and as far as office work um, there's people out there using it um, at the moment, and that's definitely something on our immediate horizon that we want to get in people's hands. Um, even other areas outside of the mouse, like we do, we actually built out some bike grips um, as well, different parametric options um, that we're we're excited to pursue. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're we're excited to to get we're focused on this, get this out, yeah, and, and but, uh, but, see what else we can but do. The, the 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 tech that you're building to translate a picture of a hand into something yeah. that's very customized at scale is interesting. Like I imagine that same technology could be applied to gaming controllers. Um, yeah, probably a little bit more complex yeah. than like what's inside of them, but like you theoretically could do the same thing on those grips or the handles or the way your hands are, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, gaming controllers. We've looked into keyboards as well. Yeah. Um, talk. We haven't experimented with that as much, but yeah, gaming controllers, keyboards, um, definitely things we want to look into down the road. Yeah, like I'm almost thinking, um, you know, and I'm maybe you've already seen it, but obviously, like Microsoft has a bunch of accessibility peripherals for whether it be Xbox yeah, yeah. and and so I'm almost like seeing the the cool stuff that you're doing applied to that, which is not just like one version of, but it's like a version tailored to every single individual depending on the input they provide um and you've built the system to give it back out without much too too much extra work as long as it's within a similar category and i think that's super cool yeah thanks man yeah individualized design i i think uh it'll be hopefully become more and more popular because it's, pa- it's yeah, parametric it's sorry parametric design <laughs> oh no yeah individualized parametric synonymous <laughs> it's totally fine um does the chip shortage affect you guys is there like a parts component of this that like you have dependencies yeah, it, it it will a bit per se, but we're designing with inventories in mind okay. in our latest design that, that is finished and will be shipped with a Kickstarter. Fingers crossed it won't be affected because there's such high inventories for each component that we're designing for. Um, 
it's all so part hopefully of, not <laughs> it's, all, it's all part of the process right like this first run is going to be how you learn anyway and that's i think part yeah. of the kickstarter right if someone's joining a kickstarter uh they theoretically are your best advocates right they're, they're, they're going to be tolerant of the journey but there you want to be like first first at it so um everyone when you join the kickstarter be really nice to the formify team <laughs> please <laughs> um we'll, we'll do our best for you guys so if people are interested in in uh signing up for the kickstarter or learning more where's the best place or places for them to go and we'll, we'll get them dropped into the show notes too but just if you want to kind of give a shout out to the main places people should think about following and or signing up 100 percent. yeah so if, if we haven't launched yet and uh things didn't work out then uh, you can find us formify.ca f-o-r-m-i-f-y.ca uh, and you can sign up to um, our Kickstarter launch email set right there. Uh, and that's the best way to get in touch um, and, and stay following. And if you um, have launched, we'll be able to put the Kickstarter link in, right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um, which, yeah, I can shoot that over to you, Mike. That's awesome. Um, that'd be good. Um, anything else that you know you wanted to highlight about what, what the team's working on, the milestones ahead that we, we didn't cover off today, Will? Uh, not too well. Actually, if there is some Canadian listeners, uh, TMU students, we are doing a tournament in the coming months just before the Kickstarter. Uh, so if you are a TMU student, come join our gaming tournament and we can maybe meet you in person in the TMU Red Bull Gaming Hub. That's super cool. When, when is that? Uh, let me check the launch dates. Well, you looked yeah, that maybe up. Maybe this will be pushed past then. Let me take a look. No worries. It is... Sign up date ends January 28th. So I'll probably launch after that. All right. It's cool. Well, we'll be able to hear about how it went. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, See the results. Uh, now, there's one thing we do, and I kind of bring it on jump to everyone that's on the Pitch Please podcast, but obviously saying like, saying Pitch Please podcast <laughs> repeatedly. Pitch Please podcast. Yeah, Man, a bit of a tongue twister. It is, right? And I didn't realize that until I had had to say it a whole bunch of times. So I thought it'd be super funny to put guests on the spot and see how many times they can say it in a row before tripping up. And so oh, you're, you're, go. <laughs> you're gonna have to do it. And, and I'm not gonna tell you where you're gonna rank because like uh, the numbers are all over the place. And so you're gonna have to give them a listen to see how you stack up. But you jump in whenever you're ready. I'll keep count. And when you trip up, I'm gonna write the number okay. down. Okay, I'm in. Okay, let me, let me focus here. Gotta keep competitive. Um, pitch please podcast, 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 pitch please podcast. Pitch please podcast, pitch please podcast, pitch please podcast. That uh, might have been messed that, up. Yeah, it, was, uh, yeah. it was 10. <laughs> maybe I'll give you a generous 11. I'll give you a generous, generous 11. Okay, well, good lucky number 11. We'll, we'll take it. Oh, that's cool. Well, you know, thanks for joining us today, Will. Um, thank you to everyone who tuned into the Pitch Please podcast. It was super cool learning about the work you and the team are doing at Formify. Wishing you sort of all the best on your launch, on your Kickstarter. Looking super forward to following the journey. Um, and to everybody else, we will catch you on the next episode. Uh, Will, thanks again for joining us. Thanks a lot, Mike. Really appreciate you having us on. You've been listening to the Pitch Please Podcast. Pitch Please. Pitch Please. <laughs> Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at pitchplease.ca. And make sure to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform.